everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about streaming services each week and we try to get you to dive a little bit deeper into movies that you can find on various streaming services. Find the Hidden Gems. It's really fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hey Rachel, so great to be back with you once again. And I, uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm doing much better than I deserve. I'm just so, so thrilled to be here and to talk about, uh, talk about the Peacock Network yet again. Yes, so we have not talked about Peacock since December, and uh, so it's been a, a bit of a, a it's been a bit of a time, but uh, I I think it's a it's an interesting streaming service, especially if you like television. I think that's where it really shines more than the movies. But now they have the Harry Potter, they have some franchises, they had Jurassic Park, now they lost Jurassic Park. Uh, they have some of the Bond movies, I think, right? Uh, yes, I, I believe yeah. they have most of the Craig ones, if my if my memory serves me right. Yeah, so it's an interesting service, and uh, we figured it's been a while, so let's talk about it. And uh, how have you how have you been doing uh, in your uh, movie watching in your life? Uh, it's been uh, it's been quite interesting. It's been a combination of watching stuff for the AFI project plus my plus my big Sunday videos that I'm trying to do. Uh, this past Sunday, I didn't upload anything because just personal stuff got in the way. But uh, outside of that, the schedule is being maintained to the best of my ability. Uh, I just watched Porco Rosso, the uh, the Ghibli film, for an, a first reaction coming this coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, new release Roundup is going to be coming up. So it's just been... Plus, there's actually a lot of new movies coming out in the theaters, and that's a fi- that's a feeling I have not felt in a long time, a very yeah. long time. And it's actually stuff I'm looking forward to, like mm-hmm. Godzilla vs. Kong and Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat, and I could go on, but it's it's actually starting to feel like we're kind of going back to a little bit of normal, like we're stepping like our big toe into the normal pool, if you will. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And I actually went to the movie theaters today to see The Father. And uh, it was oh boy. really, it, it, well, it was very emotional, the movie, but, and very stressful, but very well done. Uh, but it was just really cool to get to go back to the movie theaters. I haven't been since December. So that was, it was a, a, a nice experience. And uh, so, yeah, let's talk about Peacock. It's going to be but they, they service with the worst name we can all agree it, it's not good <laughs> yeah but it'll be fun to talk about our hidden gems and you have to let us know in the comment section what you have been watching on peacock and what you recommend so ryan what is your first pick so my first choice is from 2010 and in we're kind of saturated by superhero like content nowadays and in 2010, this movie came out and was kind of quickly forgotten about. However, I think that it's a movie still worthy of being brought up and mentioned, and it is Kick-Ass. This is, like I said, from 2010, this was directed by Matt Va- Matthew Vaughn, who would go on to direct X-Men First Class the very next year, and Kingsman The Secret Service, which are just two very underrated movies of the 2010s, especially X-Men First Class. It's in my top tier of X-Men films. And this movie is based on the graphic novel of the same name, written by Mark Wade. 
And it tells a story of just a normal high schooler played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, who just decides, you know what? I'm going to be a superhero. Do I have powers? No. Am I being smart about this? Probably not. But you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And he soon meets up with other heroes, including a hero named Big Daddy, played by Nicolas Cage, uh, his daughter named Mindy, played by Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, he encounters a villain, played by Mark Strong, and his son, played by Christopher Mintz Plus. I believe that's how you say his name. Uh, Evan Peters is in this as well. And this is a movie that was kind of doing this comic book meets Deadpool style of humor before Deadpool came along. And it, this movie's definitely not for everyone. If you're, if like, if you like, oh, I just saw the Avengers and it was fantastic. Oh, let's see this other team of movie. It's called Kick-Ass and it's like, like oil and water. However, if you like your superheroes to have a little bit more of an edge, then Kick-Ass is definitely for you because this is a brutal movie in more ways than one. People get legit like hurt. Like the stunt work in this movie is just impressive. And there are some genuinely, like, actual disturbing moments here. Because Matthew Vaughn does a really good job of balancing, like, kind of silly stuff while also being able to go into more serious stuff at the same time. And I think he does it very, very, very well. So I think, I think 2010 was a bit of a, was a bit of a weird year for comic book movies because we got Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is excellent. We got Kick-Ass, which is really good. But then we also got... Iron Man 2, which is still my least favorite MCU movie, and just, like, the big two were not doing too well, but there were these smaller indie comic movies that were doing great. So, at the end of the day, Kick-Ass is just, it's just really good. If you haven't seen it, do check it out. I've never seen it, uh, so, <laughs> so it's a very, uh, I think, a good choice to recommend. So, all right, my first choice is a little comedy made here in Utah. It's called We Love You, Sally Carmichael. And this movie, it stars Christopher Gorham as this author who's written this very popular uh, kind of Twilight-inspired teen novels about mermaids. And, uh, and it's, there's a love triangle and whatever. And he goes by the name Sally Carmichael as his pseudonym. And uh, he is kind of embarrassed about his writing. He always wanted to do more like substantial writing. And he ends up meeting this woman and uh, he kind of lies to her about the fact that he, uh, that he's not, you know, not the author of the books and she runs a bookstore and it has Jack McBuyer from um, 30 Rock and he's funny in it and uh overall it's just if you like these kind of sweet rom-coms which of course we know i do um then you'll enjoy this one and i think that he's charming and you do have the kind of grown worthy at the end where how did you how could you lie to me about being whatever and that's kind of grown worthy but for the most part it's it's a fun little movie yeah this this premise sounds so like it sounds so crazy i'm surprised no one has done it in real life like Stephanie Meyer was just a an elaborate persona and these were written mm -hmm. by some dude named like like Brett Austin or something and he doesn't and like like out of like somewhere in Texas or something yeah I mean there's a lot of authors who've used pseudonyms uh I can't think of any off the top of my head for some reason but 
but yeah that it, that part of this kind of rom-com thing is is a uh, uh so what about you what's your next pick so my next pick is from 1995 and this is this movie is a i don't like using the word guilty pleasure because if you like something just be proud of it that you like it but this if i had to use the traditional term guilty pleasure this would happen to be one of them and it's major pain this movie is not very good it's it's quite silly and it's very over the top but I have seen it so many times, I can pretty much quote it from memory. Uh, it tells the story of a Marine named Major Benson Weatherford Payne, played by, played by Damon Wayans, who is deemed pretty much just too violent for the military. So he is, so he is basically told, you're gonna to be teaching at military school. And it goes about as well as you might expect. And, this movie stars one of the Wayanses, and this was around the time when they were just coming off of In Living Color, so they were still relatively popular. And there are a lot of people who do not like the Wayanses, who think their movies are bad, and I can't argue against them. But I think that I think that Damon is the one of the funnier ones out of them, and he is the best part of this movie. He is so militaristic and so like. I don't want to say robotic, but he's like robotic in his delivery that, that like the, the concept of nurturing and being like a loving adult figure in these children's lives is so foreign to him that it creates for some pretty, pretty funny stuff. And there's uh, Michael Ironside is in here as well as his superior officer, uh, Karen Parsons. Yeah. Karen Parsons, who was, uh, who was Hillary in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. This was one of her last acting roles before she devoted her entirety, her entire time to her charity work. And uh, she's really good here as well. This goes about as what you would might expect with a movie like this. It follows all the familiar beats, but I do believe that it is still really funny. I mean, it's one of my big, I guess, guilty pleasures, if you want to call it that. So if you haven't seen it and you're looking for a laugh, then it's definitely for you. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I haven't seen it, so that sounds interesting. So good recommendation. So my next recommendation, it was actually nominated for best picture. So some people might be like, eh, it's not a hidden gem, but I think it, that some hidden, some best picture winners or some best picture nominees uh, kind of do get lost still, and I think they can count as hidden gems. And I would say that Frost Nixon, directed by Ron Howard, would be one of those films. Uh, I think that it has two really great performances by Michael Sheen and Frank Langella, Frank Langella playing Nixon. And it's it's a pretty simple movie. Some people might say it's kind of basic because it's just about these two men talking and uh, the how the interview gets escalated and and goes. And as somebody who had never seen the interview in real life, I thought it was really interesting and I just I think based on the performances alone I think it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I uh I'm fascinated by I haven't seen this movie. I really always meant to because I've always been fascinated by by the Watergate stuff because it just sounds it sounds like something you would see in a movie, but when you look at it it's like, "Oh, this happened in real life." 
and like you can't there's some stuff that you just can't make up Mm -hmm. yeah that's true and you look at what kind of took nixon down versus kind of what what we tolerate now it's it's pretty interesting (laughs) yeah (laughs) what doesn't take our politicians down now Um, but uh the the dialogue back and forth between the two uh, is pretty is pretty interesting. So, what's your next pick? So, my next pick is from the year two thousand, and it is the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, I watched the original Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle growing up, and it was it was really really good. I quite enjoyed it, and it took me a very long time to watch this finally because. Uh, when it comes to like animated shows becoming like a, a live action movie, it normally doesn't work. But I think, strangely enough, this movie captures the essence of the original show better than like 99% of the other attempts that have become of it. This is definitely, uh, this definitely has the Rocky and Bullwinkle flavor if you are familiar with it, though. If you're not, then I think you will be lost in some of the references. But if you are, then it's just going to be a, it's just going to be pitch perfect for you. There's definitely some cringeworthy humor in the whole like, oh, we're get it, we're in a movie, you guys, and it, it's like that kind of self awareness that you're just like, yeah, we get it. Can you just move on, please? But out, but outside of that, though, I think this is one of the better adaptations of a cartoon that I personally have ever seen. Uh, Robert De Niro's in it. He's actually surprisingly good, uh, even though most people don't like him in this. But I do. I think he was really good as Fearless Leader. Uh, Renee Russo's in here. She's good. Piper Parabo's in here. She's good as well. They got Jason Alexander to play Boris, and that's a pretty good choice for casting Boris right there. So even if you haven't seen the original show, I do recommend this all the same. It's, it is silly, but in a good way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've never seen this one either, but I do like the old Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, so that's good to hear good things about it because I- It's I, from I Washington. Think... No, I'm more of a Lincoln fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Good. All right. Well, this is definitely a left turn, as you like to say. Uh, My next choice is actually Drag Me to Hell by director Sam Raimi. And I am not the biggest horror fan, but if I am going to go horror, I usually like horror comedies if I'm going to go horror. And that's basically kind of what you get with Drag Me to Hell. Basically, this woman works for a bank and she refuses a loan for a woman who ends up being a uh, a gypsy woman who curses her and uh and she ends up within the course of like three days being dragged to hell and i don't know i, I really loved the visual style of this movie i thought it actually could be quite funny and it was very creative and different and i enjoyed it so i didn't think i would but I actually ended up enjoying it. When I first read your list and I saw Drag Me to Hell on there, I'm like, surely this must have been a typo or something. <laughs> like yeah. that Drag Me to Hell, the Sam I mean, Raimi movie. Where... It has a talking goat at one point. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, to be, to be fair, though, I, I do enjoy this movie as well. But to be fair, 
this movie could have been just so bad because when it comes to like possession movies or like taking someone to hell or the devil, it's surprisingly easy to screw up, I found. But in here, Sam Raimi is like the perfect guy to do a movie like this yeah. because he balances the scary stuff and the comedy stuff better than anyone. See Evil Dead 2 or Evil mm-hmm. Dead 3 or any of the Evil Dead movies for that matter to, as further proof of that. Yeah. So you just met our friend Conrad, my friend Conrado, and uh, we used to do these retrospectives of 10 years back. And so we were doing uh, 2009 and he put this on his list. So I had to watch it and I was like, oh, I'm not going <laughs> to like this. And so maybe that's part of it also that I was going in expecting to hate it. Um, and then I found it oddly charming. <laughs> and I think uh, Justin Long is really good in it. Alison Lohman. Um, I, it's, it's weird. It's, it's strange. But I think a lot of people, if you like things like, I don't know, uh, something like a um, ha- Happy Death Day something like that i think you'll like drag me to hell yeah that's that's kind of like a perfect double feature right there happy death Mm -hmm. day and drag me to hell yeah so what is your next pick so my next pick is another one from 2010 and this is a movie called barry uh this stars ryan reynolds and the entire movie is about ryan reynolds essentially in a coffin in the ground The movie opens, you see him in this coffin, you don't know why he is there, and and neither does he. He just, we're, Ryan Reynolds' character and we, the audience, are on the same page as he. And what follows is legit one of the most tense films that I saw in the 2010s, and and it was definitely underrated, and and it definitely fell through the cracks. Uh, This movie was directed by a man named Rodrigo Cortez, I hope I said that right. And surprisingly, he hasn't really gotten all that much work after this. And that's strange because a man who is able to make a Hitchcockian level movie like this about Ryan Reynolds in a hole in the ground, essentially, and make it tense and just just make it like nail-bitingly tense, for lack of a better word, like, you would think he'd had offers out the door, but I guess not. And, and well, Ryan Reynolds is the primary guy that you see on the screen. And for those of you who think that he's just like Deadpool and nothing else, he shows a lot of range in this. Like, he's, he's basically, he has to figure out, A, how to get out of there, and B, where he is, and not exclusively in that order. And he has incredibly limited resources. He has a lighter. He has a phone that has no signal. Like, if there is a worse situation, like, there is none worse than that. Uh, there are other voices in here, like Stephen Tobolowski is in there as... I believe, if my memory serves me right, Ryan Reynolds is boss in the movie, but this is the Ryan Reynolds show. And I was very hot and cold on Ryan Reynolds, but then I saw Buried and I was like, wow, this guy's actually good. So if you haven't checked it out, like, be prepared because it's, it's, it's a very scary movie, especially if you're claustrophobic. Yeah, I've never seen that one, but it definitely sounds tense. So, and that might be a fun one when we do our follow-up episode uh, to check out. 
All right. Well, my next pick is a movie that you can watch on Hallmark Channel sometimes, sometimes on Lifetime. It's all over the place. Uh, but it is a reality of love. And this is a movie that is, and it's also sometimes called, um, see, I, wanted, I Want to Marry Ryan Banks is the alternate title. <laughs> and this movie stars Jason Priestley uh, as uh, this actor who is uh, kind of uh, on the downside of his career and he's trying to get back to doing movies and stuff like that and so he decides to go on a reality show dating show and there's this woman played by emma caulfield and she uh, kind of sees through it all and she starts to have a bit of a crush on his on on ryan banks uh manager who is played by bradley cooper <laughs> one Wait, of his like, like, like early 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 roles like Rocket and, Raccoon? yes yeah that uh that uh that bradley cooper wow i know and so it's just a cute little rom-com uh about that they're kind of falling for each other but she's supposed to be falling in love with ryan banks because she's on the show and what's what's it going to do and then also he feels bad because it's his best friend is ryan banks and now he's taking his you know girl and and so there's all kinds of drama and it's really cute it's a cute little rom-com and so if you like sweet rom-coms then you'll enjoy it and i do so that's why i picked it yeah this talk about one of those like before they were famous like things yeah (laughs) like bradley cooper you know oscar nominated actor and director for a star is born one of the most consistent actors going today was in a movie called reality of love that's right and he's very swoon worthy in it of course (laughs) gotta gotta start somewhere am i right that's right (laughs) so what's your next pick so my final choice is from 2016 and my my stance on remakes is as long as they try something new or it looks like they put like genuine effort into trying to do something new, I'm normally pretty I'm normally pretty lax on it. And that goes double for the Magnificent Seven. The original Magnificent Seven is awesome. Steve McQueen, Yul Brenner, Charles Bronson, I could go on, but that movie is fantastic if you haven't seen it. But when the remake was announced, I was like, oh, great, this is going to be yet another one that I'm going to have to try and avoid talking about because it's going to be bad. And at first I was like, okay, that was better than I thought. But then the more I thought about it, the more I actually liked it. Uh, this was directed by Antoine Fuqua, who, who I believe directed Olympus Has Fallen, and I don't believe any of the other Has Fallen movies, but also directed The Equalizer, the first one, and uh, and Southpaw, which is a very underrated boxing movie. So yeah. Antoine Fuqua is one of those directors that is consistently really good, but nobody really talks about him or just kind of forgets about him. But this is very much the Magnificent Seven formula. It's about seven cowboys who meet up and say, you know what, that guy down there, he did us wrong. So let's unite and take him out together. 
it's and and this movie has a fantastic cast. You got Denzel Washington, you got Chris Pratt, you got Ethan Hawke, Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, I could go on, but this is just a very loaded movie. It's they very much they very much were faithful to it in that the biggest stars of that day are in this movie and they're just playing off each other like it's like it's nobody's business. And especially Vincent D'Onofrio, who around this time was also doing the Daredevil show on Netflix. He's very cold and calculated in there, but he's way on the other side. He's so over the top in this movie and God bless him for it. This is definitely a case of the original is better than the remake, but it's far better than what I ever thought it could be. In my opinion, this is very much on par with the original. Yeah, I mean it's definitely very over the top. the The amount of uh, the amount the shootouts are so over the top. The amount of uh, bullets they must have had in this town is uh, is, is is out of control. Uh, and you got to run out of bullets sometime, guys. Yeah, not here, not here. Uh, so it's over the top. Uh, when we were doing Denzel Washington, I debated about picking as my worst. But I still actually enjoy it, so it would be kind of a mild worst. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it isn't as good as the original or Seven Samurai, um, and it is pretty over the top, but there's, there's some fun to be had in it, I feel like. Yeah, can't go wrong with Denzel or Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Yep. So my last pick, this is another uh this is another left turn uh is actually pride and prejudice from 2005 (laughs) you recommending this movie give me a minute to absorb the shock of this announcement president unofficial president of the jane austen fan club that's right well and then this is probably a stretch given that it's got kira knightley and it's pretty popular uh but i don't know i just felt like talking about it so i picked it um, but I, I think this is a very interesting version of Pride and Prejudice because they had to do something different because the Colin Firth version is so iconic. And so what they did here is they have, because they have Keira Knightley as the main star. So most of the time in Pride and Prejudice, the most of the time in Pride and Prejudice, the Mr. Darcy character does most of the changing and growing but in this version, you have Lizzie doing more of the changing and growing. It's more Lizzie focused. And in this version, Darcy is more kind of just shy. He's not really that much of a jerk. He's just sort of more awkward and kind of shy. And, and uh, so it's an interesting take. Matthew McFadden is very swoon worthy, but it's very different than the Colin Firth Darcy. So I, I think that that was cool. I like the fact that they made different choices and it's, it's got a very kind of earthy gritty look for a period piece with uh, their, you know, their clothes getting kind of dirty. They, they have a farm. I mean, it's not very historically accurate as far as the clothes, but in the hair especially, but it's got a really good script, of course, based on Jane Austen, but I think, you know, famous lines like, you have bewitched me body and soul. (laughs) So good. Um, And beautifully shot by Joe Wright. He's a very good filmmaker, very beautiful. He makes very beautiful movies. So I I think that it's a quality film. Some purists, pick fault with it for some of the choices but i'm not a purist and i I think it's a a good film so 
that's my last choice so have you seen it this Pride and prejudice i've only seen still photos i i think oh. i think it was i think it was on one of those posts where it was where it was like this movie is so relaxing and then it was like Kira Knightley against a sunset and like lying on a couch and is like yeah this is this definitely looks like a Joe Wright movie because Joe Wright films you know very he has a very good eye for cinematography like see Darkest Hour if you want proof of that mm -hmm. yeah you know he has a very beautiful I mean atonement I'm not the biggest fan of that movie but it is beautiful so he does know how to make pretty movies. So, so there we go. That is our picks for Peacock right now. Let us know what you have been watching and what you recommend on Peacock. We would love to hear your thoughts. Let us know what you think of our recommendations this week. We would love to hear what you think. And Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. And there's, of course, my YouTube channel, which is just called RyanCam. Uh, the, uh, the new release roundup video and my Big Lebowski video got delayed due to personal stuff, but I will release those as soon as they are edited. So sometime in the next couple of days, I do want to apologize for that. I'm trying to be better in being more on a more consistent schedule, but, you know, personal life got to do personal life I suppose but those videos will be coming out very soon then I will be releasing an AFI project video on Raiders of the Lost Ark and then this coming Sunday I'll be posting my first reaction to the Ghibli film like I talked about at the beginning of this uh, of this podcast Porco Rosso so if you all haven't checked me out please do I want to thank all of you for getting me across 130 subscribers I'm super grateful with how the channel is growing and this is just only the beginning. So if you haven't checked me out, I humbly ask that you please do. Yeah, you all should definitely check it out and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So make sure to check that out and make sure you're following the Homework is Podcast. Lots of good stuff going on over there. And I'm going to be covering South by Southwest, uh, probably mostly over on my blog. So make sure that you are taking a look at that. Or I will have by the time this airs, I will have covered South by Southwest. So make sure to check that out. And so thanks so much to everybody. And we will, please like this video, please subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store, which is really fun. And uh, thanks again. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.